With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show at our new time, 9 a.m. I'm Marie Hewlett, and as always, I wish you an excellent Sunday morning, and thank you for tuning in to our show. You know, I forgot to alert all of you that we have a new start time last month. Obviously, you've all figured that out now since you're listening, but some of you missed last week's show. So, we're going to rerun it immediately following today's broadcast. And I hope you all enjoy it. Now, back to this morning's show. Since it's summertime, I think it's important that pet parents know about alternatives to leaving pets at kennels or animal hospitals during vacations. So today, I've invited Kimberly Nielsen from Unleashed LA Pet Sitting Services to stop by and elaborate on what she does and why you should consider her organization for your vacation pet sitting needs. Then a little later in our program, Susan Pierce from an amazing organization that rescues horses will be sharing some truly awesome tales with happy endings. This is going to be a fabulous episode, so keep your radio tuned exactly where it is to AM 1260, and we'll get started right after this very quick station message. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'd like to welcome Kimberly Nielsen from Unleashed LA to the show. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? Hi, Marie. I'm great. Thank you. I understand that you have a pet sitting company, and you have a very unusual name for it, Unleashed LA. Yes, (laughs) Unleashed LA. (laughs) How'd you come up with that? Uh, I was just looking for forward something fun and unique and uh it just came to me wow well that definitely is very fun and very unique so i think you you definitely hit on it there how long have you been pet sitting when did you start this all i decided to start unleashed la about uh 10 years ago i spent um about eight years in software development and consulting and i traveled all the time about 50 weeks a year and i was really looking for a career where i could build relationships with clients um, and I actually began my pet sitting career when I was about eight, and I would walk the neighbor's <laughs> golden retriever after school. Um, and so from that point on, I was always the kid on the block who took care of people's pets yeah. when they traveled. I'm right with you in that boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to learn that pet sitting was something I could do as an adult, it was just the perfect match. I have spoken to so many people who have had amazing careers elsewhere and uh-huh. just at some point in their life, they just got tired of the rat race, basically, and said, you know what, I want to do something where I'm with fuzzy, happy-faced animals all day and, and people who like animals, and, and they just 
left it all behind and started pet sitting services, and it sounds exactly. like that's what you've done too. Exactly. Yeah, it's and very rewarding. It must be. I can't imagine how fun it would be every day where you get paid <laughs> to play with animals. <laughs> that's a great thing. What's your favorite thing about your work? Well, there aren't many jobs, like you said, where your clients are so excited to see you that they just greet you at the door and practically knock you down, you know, they lick your face. Um, and so that's just the beginning of what's so rewarding about this job. Um, there's no doubt that, you know, I get more kisses from my clients than I think any other job on the planet. Um, and it's and, not even harassment either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I'm I'm happy to receive them. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. About how many clients do you serve in an average day? Is it a little overwhelming? Do you have anybody helping you? Yes, we have a full staff, okay. um, and so um, it, it just depends. Uh, weekdays are our busiest time. Um, we typically see clients who are either on the set for 12 to 15 hours a day or just work long hours, mm-hmm. and so we provide a midday break for exercise, activity, bathroom breaks, um, a healthy dose of affection. Uh-huh. Uh and then also clients, uh, they'll get tied up with dinner meetings, things like that. So we also see clients in the late afternoon. And then also when clients travel, we'll see cats and other animals that don't necessarily need a daily walk. We see them on the weekends and okay. during the holidays and when people travel. I see. And when you say on the set, does that mean you have a lot of Hollywood clients? We have a lot of clients in the industry, both above-the-line people and below-the-line people, mm-hmm. Um producers, um, managers, things like that, people who just work very long hours. Yeah, and they still want to have pets, but they know it's not fair just to leave their pets cooped up all day. Exactly, exactly. you come in, and that's fabulous. (laughs) What kind of services, aside from the walking and and maybe overnights, do you do overnights? We do overnights. Um, We sleep with dogs all the time. (laughs) And uh, we also do play dates. Um, They're very popular uh, coordinate dogs who have very similar personalities, similar sizes, things like that, and allows mm-hmm. them to socialize in a more controlled environment than just taking them to the dog park, that oh, type of wow. thing. That sounds great. <laughs> and then if somebody has a special needs pet, do you offer services for folks who have We that do. We, we can uh, administer medication. Um, anything you would do for your best friend, we would provide that service in your absence. So we can take them to the vet, the groomer, for a nail trim. Um, We clean yards, litter boxes, uh, pick up medication. Um, We've done everything from uh, picking up dogs at a photo shoot or on the set um, to dropping them off for acupuncture, hydrotherapy, and even sheep herding. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever stick around and watch the sheep herding? Yes, it's very fun. Oh, I love that stuff and that's so cool that you're able to do that while you're pet sitting too that is so fun and how do you handle dogs that have behavior problems i know not every dog wants to kiss you in the face when you come to their house maybe not on the first day right (laughs) (laughs) but each pet is unique and we take the time to learn what their individual needs are um a lot of New clients will call us and say, oh, you know, I'm coming home after a 10-hour day. My favorite shoes have been chewed up. The trash is throughout the house. Uh And a lot of that is um, just it's boredom. It's a little bit of separation anxiety. Um, It could be some more severe behavior problems. But having a long, vigorous walk or a hike or a play day that really burns up that energy 
Um, one of the problems we've seen frequently is um, it's a misconception if you have a dog that kind of misbehaves uh, to get another dog to occupy their time or to babysit them, and then what you end up with is two misbehaving dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so to really get that your original dog, um, get them out, get them active, burning up all that extra energy, and then you can add you know more to your family because multiple pets in your home are great and they're a lot of fun, but you really can't have one dog babysit another. Uh, they both need to be um, active, burn off that energy. Sure, and that's where you guys come in, and that yes. is just wonderful. So tell me, what is the strangest request you've ever had from a pet parent? I bet you've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a pet parent myself, so there's really um, nothing that's too strange because I understand where the requests are coming from. Um, but some of the more unique are that we've had clients ask us to film uh, their dog opening their Christmas presents on Christmas morning. <laughs> um, we've had clients ask us to leave in a nature DVD so their cat has something to watch on TV. Oh, how funny. <laughs> we had one client who had a bunny who preferred the kale um, warmed rather than cold straight from the fridge. But these are all just things that make this career very fun. Oh, it sounds like it. And... Did you have to get any kind of training or certification or anything before you opened your business? Well, all of our sitters go through extensive training and behavior education in providing daily pet care, but the sitters also take pet first aid and CPR classes as well as refresher courses to keep up their certification. Unleashed LA is bonded and insured through Pet Sitters International, and of course our sitters are themselves devoted pet lovers, so as fun as this job is, they also take it very seriously. So they're very professional. You don't have to worry about letting a stranger into your home and feeling like you can't trust them in there because you are licensed and bonded and all that good stuff. Exactly. It is a professional service that we provide. That's outstanding. What has been the most challenging part of caring for companion animals as a career? Well, we become part of the family. So when the family moves or they suffer the loss of a pet, we feel that loss as well. Uh, we have one client who uh, we saw their dog, uh, their, their dogs very frequently, um, and when one of them passed away, um, they have a little memorial on the bookshelf um, uh-huh. for Sydney. And so every time I go into their home, I still say hi to Sydney. She's not coming on the walk with us, um, uh-huh. but that's you know one of the challenges because we do become part of the family, and so we feel any kind of loss as well. I suspect after 10 years you've seen some dogs that have gone from, you know, young almost puppyhood into their senior advanced years, and that must be an interesting process for yeah, you. Yeah, so we, we've had clients that we started with them the day after they they rescued them, and, um, you know, today if you saw them, uh, they're they're gray and they're older and they take their walks a little slower. So we we tend to be with clients for the lifespan of their pet. What do you do when you come to a home and the pet is just terrified of strangers, including you, and and really doesn't want to have anything to do with you? Well, we always do a consultation visit prior to providing any service, Mm -hmm. so we do get to meet them ahead of time. Um, So that usually helps because they they usually schedule that fairly close to the first visit that we provide. So they usually remember us, Um, and it's just... Taking the time for the pet to realize that, oh, this person's here for me, um, letting them approach you, um, not forcing anything, just letting them take their time to get to know you. 
Well, that's very good. I'm glad you're able to do that. I, I wouldn't want somebody to just come in who had never met my animals because they all have their particular quirks and needs, and I think it's very important to come in ahead of time and have that initial meeting so that everybody knows they can be comfortable with each other. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things about the consultation is to meet all the pets and find out all their quirks and, um, you know, allow them to sniff us and realize that, oh, this person's going to have fun with me. Now, can you be totally honest, like if there's a dog or any animal, I mean, I have a parrot that will, you know, take your finger off if <laughs> he's scared. Is there ever a situation where you can tell your client or potential client, you know what, I'm going to have to decline this case. I don't think this is a good fit. We haven't ever had that up to this point. I have had um, parrots who I was warned they will take your finger off. Um, so when I needed to change the water, I wore a big oven mitt. Um, <laughs> so we have had cases where, you know, we have been told, hey, they're not used to strangers. Um, we're not sure what's going to happen. Again, we just take our time. Um, we we have tricks up our sleeve. Um, you, you can walk in, and if you have a cookie, you're going to win over a large majority of uh, those dogs who are a little fearful of people. Okay. Um, and just taking time, talking very slow, in a low voice. Um, we've had an instance where the pet was so terrified of strangers, we actually brought in um, one of our dogs, and the dog was so happy to see another dog, he didn't really care whether we were there or not, and so he was happy to go on a walk with a new friend. Oh, that's Great. Well, it sounds like you have all the tricks and you're ready to go. <laughs> what parts of Los Angeles do you serve? I know you mentioned Burbank. Yes, we're uh, Burbank, Toluca Lake area, Studio City, Sherman Oaks, Beverly Hills, West Hollywood, Silver Lake, Glendale, and all of the surrounding areas. Okay, and how can people reach you? They can reach us at our website at unleashedla.com. Okay. Our phone number is 323 Three six three eight zero seven nine, and you can also follow us on Twitter to see some cute animal pictures or to get um, pet care information. And on Twitter, we're at Unleashed LA. Wonderful, Kimberly. It sounds like you truly enjoy what you do, and honestly, that's exactly the type of pet sitter I'd look forward to having. So, thanks for stopping by the pet place today and introducing yourself. Thank you, Marie. We need to take a quick station break now, but don't go away. We'll be right back on the pet place. Here on AM 1260. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I have to say I've been looking forward to talking with our next guest for some time now. It's Susan Pierce from Red Bucket Horse Rescue. Welcome to the Pet Place, Susan. Thank you, Marie. Red Bucket. I love that name. How did you come up with that? Well, it's actually a funny story. When we started Red Bucket, we started with our own personal rescue. And we went out and we purchased a Red Bucket, and we filled it with carrots. It was the only way that we could actually catch the horse. Oh, no. (laughs) But as we've evolved, it really stands for much more. Um, The Red Bucket stands for intimacy each horse, when we do an intake, they receive a name and a bucket. 
And for most of these horses, it's the very first time they've actually ever owned anything. Mm-hmm. And so the red bucket symbolizes not only the intimacy, but also the commitment that we're making to the horse for their lifetime. Wow. When you say for their lifetime, so that means when you rescue a horse, they stay with you from that point forward? Well, no. Our goal is to find them forever homes. Okay. Our, okay. Yeah. So our mission really has three parts. We rescue the horse, mm-hmm. we rehabilitate and retrain them, and then we find them a forever home. But the lifetime means that when a horse comes to Red Bucket, we are committed to that horse for their lifetime. And so if an adopter can not, no longer care for a horse, whether it's in one month, one year, or 20 years, mm-hmm. we guarantee that we will take that horse back and we want it to come back. We yeah. want to make sure that the horse is always safe. Uh-huh. And so we're making a very strong commitment to any horse that steps hoof onto our uh, onto our rescue. That is amazing. How many horses do you actually have right now? Our current headcount is 52, although wow. we're working on um, three active adoptions, and mm-hmm. then we have two horses coming in. So we're always right around that 50, 50 horse mark. Where in Orange County, Southern California, are you located? I never even heard of a rescue with that many horses here locally. can believe it. We are, I think, probably the best-kept secret <laughs> in Orange County, if not in California. How long have you been around? Well, we've been around for two and a half years, okay. and we're located at the Huntington Central Park Equestrian Center. Oh. And that's in the heart of of Huntington Beach. We're like a mile from the beach. I know exactly where that is, and I had no clue there was a rescue there. No, a lot of people don't don't even realize that there's a world-class equestrian center there. Wow. And so somebody can come over, visit with the horses, and adopt one? Well, if they qualify, I mean, our horses aren't free. Mm-hmm. Um, we specialize in second chances, and in order to be responsible to future adopters and also certainly to our horses, we do a matching program. Okay. And we match the adopter with with a horse um and then of course there's a you know there's a donation um involved mm-hmm. we have we do do um a home visit to make sure that the horse is going to a safe place and we also offer 2 years of follow up um with our horse and our adopters That's and only after that 2 year period would we transfer title oh okay so you're kind of on probation well yes and that's very <laughs> typical for most most pet adoptions. Okay, okay. And when some, when you say you're you're taking the the second chance type of horse, what does that mean? What type of horses do you have? Well, first of all, it really should be stated that 92% of horses that go to slaughter are perfectly sound. There's nothing wrong with them, and so there is a misconception that a rescue horse would be less than, and it's absolutely not the case. Um, Our horses, 92% of them, are perfectly healthy. They're sound. You know, we're in the process of of, um, retraining them. And uh, oftentimes they're in better condition than a horse that you would go out and purchase because we have such a huge investment in the retraining and rehabilitation of our horses. That Um, is amazing. Yeah, well, many times they might come from the track or they started in a different career and we assess the horse and then train them for a job that will be satisfying to them. A job? <laughs> a job. Yeah, horses 
horses actually, you know, they want to have a job, and sometimes the job is, um, you know, trail riding, and sometimes the job might be jumping, or uh, we have a wonderful little horse right now that uh, we're training for Gymkhana. He loves playing games, so I, barrel racing and pole bending oh, seems to be his niche. Okay, okay, that sounds so fun. And you say a lot of them come from the track. Does that mean they're thoroughbreds? That would be correct. We do wow. have a large um, large number of horses who started out, they were either re- born to run or they started out on the track and for some reason, you know, didn't didn't work out. Well, I imagine there are a lot of horses bred to be racehorses, and they just don't make it. And what happens to most of those horses? You can't rescue all of them. Well, um, a lot of the horses don't make it. They go to slaughter, right? Yes, a large number. It is just incredible. And what's going on? I mean, we don't eat horse meat here in the United States, so what's going on here? Well, it's shipped to can the horses are shipped um to Canada or Mexico for slaughter. So while it's illegal to slaughter in the US, it is not illegal to slaughter in Mexico or Canada, and horse meat is considered a delicacy um in Asian countries and in Europe. Wow. Um so we have a situation where we have um thousands and thousands of horses, you know, who are shipped you know, shipped to be slaughtered, and it's um, it's heartbreaking for us. It is heartbreaking, and it's definitely a loophole in the law. We make it illegal, but then we make it perfectly fine to ship them out where they suffer the same fate. Well, I don't think that um, I don't think that many of us feel that it's that it's fine. I think a lot of people are absolutely unaware of it. Um, every eight minutes, an American horse is slaughtered. Wow. Every eight minutes. That's that's just so disturbing and, and very heartbreaking. And I understand, too, that a lot of people will get horses for, you know, their little girls especially. And when the little girls get a little too old for their horses because they're interested in boys, they forget about the horses and the horses become too expensive and then the parents just get rid of them in the most economical way possible. And I think a lot of times that's by selling them to slaughter. And to me, that's just crazy because these were pets, beloved members of the family. And and I know from statistics I've read in the past that horses hardly ever stay with one family from the beginning of their life to the end of their life. No, when you asked about um, the second chance, that's really the adopter that we're looking for is someone who would cherish a horse for their lifetime, and that's a huge, huge commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, we're finding people who are specifically coming to Red Bucket because they want to do just that. They want the support system, the mm-hmm. field support that our program offers, and um, they want to make a commitment to our program and one of our horses. And we even have people who will tell us, well, if you don't have a horse that's right for us now, just keep us in mind and let us know because we actually want a red bucket horse. And one of the one of the adoptions that I did this last weekend was a woman who has three of our horses. Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, she actually her quote is um, a red bucket horse is like Lay's potato chips. You just can't have one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is very sweet, and that must 
make everything so rewarding to have stories that end up that way. Yes, and of course, the more horses we adopt out, the more horses that we can bring in and help. And with that many horses, you probably need volunteers to help you out. Well, we do. We we do, and we have currently 200 registered volunteers, and all of our volunteers start in fundraising. Um, we really need, you know, also donations, of course. As mm-hmm. you can imagine, our program is different because of that second part of our mission. Okay. And oftentimes when we bring a horse to Red Bucket, I anticipate that the horse will be with us for two years. Okay, so it so, takes about that long to find them a permanent home then. Well, it's not just finding them the home, but it is the retraining. Okay. Um, a lot of times rescues are in a situation where they're pressured to bring a horse in and then, you know, find them a home immediately. Mm-hmm. We do um, more of a behavioral assessment of the horse and then the matching, you know, with with the adopter. And there's a lot of training, a lot of rehab, and some of these horses have been abused. And it takes just, you know, a good year or two just to clear their heads and restore trust in, in humankind. Wow, that's amazing. I know there's a lot of listeners who love horses, but they live in condos and townhomes and places where you can't have a horse, but they'd still like to help. How can they help out? If they can't volunteer, is there a way they can help out? They can, and, you know, um, any donation truly is just so gratefully welcomed. Um, Our website is redbucketrescue.org. People can make um, PayPal donations. Or they could, if they don't do the computer thing, and I respect that some people don't, Mm -hmm. they could actually send us a a check um, to Red Bucket Equine Rescue. And that address is on the the redbucketrescue.org. It is. Susan, you do the most remarkable work, and it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I hope our listeners will get in contact with you soon and help you out. Again, thanks so much for coming by. Thank you, Marie. We need to take one last break now, but we'll be back in just a bit with Pet Place news and events, so please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place news and events. On August 13th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., bring your dogs to Central Park in Huntington Beach for the annual Walk with the Angels Dog Walk and Family Fun Day. This event, put together by Canine Angels Service Teams, will help raise money for their organization, which trains exceptional dogs for children with special needs, promoting the child's independence and providing a better quality of life through a canine connection. Canine Angel Service Teams is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that places professionally trained assistance dogs with children and young adults between the ages of 5 and 25 that have physical and developmental disabilities. For more info, visit canineangels.org. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.